Today, the tea is all about inner sacred union of the divine masculine and feminine. In many spiritual communities, it is being unveiled that all of us truly have both energies within us with some of us being more expressed in the feminine or the masculine or needing to master one a little bit more over than the other or being more embodied in one over the other. But it's really important that we first start from this place of inner union of our own masculine and feminine and that it is this dance we do between the two and there's a balance and it's not really all about one or the other. It's really about both. And there's so much to be said for operating from a place or moving from a place of the wounded or the divine of these energies. And there's nobody better to talk about this with than my dear friend, Kylie Beswick, who is an intuitive healer, Reiki master, teacher, and holistic esthetician. She's based out of Massachusetts. She owns Verbena Studio, which is a healing and skincare den where services range from meditations to botanical skincare treatments and Reiki and everything in between. She believes in the connection of all things body, mind, and soul when it comes to working with her clients. And she believes in the value of heart-centered work, compassion, and unconditional love. Kylie and I are on a very interesting, unique journey (laughs) that is very uh, sacred to us. And that journey has taken us on a path of spirituality and awakening and ascension. And the key part of that process is embodying our inner union to then give out love and and really vibrate from a love consciousness and receive love as well. I really hope that today you stay with us in this conversation and really anchor into what it means for you and your body and your life. A lot of us are operating, if we want to speak from the perspective of women, we're operating from a very wounded masculine place and wounded feminine. And men have their own unique set of challenges with this as well, because you know, for us as women, I think we've been operating in this place of like hyper productivity and working in a way that doesn't honor our body and our emotions. And in that process, we have become so far from our emotions. And when we're trying to connect in intimate relationships or with ourself or with our creativity, it's blocked. And this work to really go within and look at our own balance of the masculine and the feminine and honoring both because we need both and also honoring ourselves and where we're coming from and where men are coming from as well. Because I really am stepping into this place next where I want to create spaces where we can heal together. I think that this is where I'm being led and I'm going to flow with it because there aren't enough safe spaces for men either. And The true healing comes when the masculine and the feminine heal together. (laughs) That is the magic of sacred union and coming together. So that is the path I am on, the path I'm stepping into. And I hope today 
this brings you peace and calm and helps you also see where you're moving from in life the most from your feminine or from your masculine or from both and how you can continue to honor both and embody both enjoy the tea and enjoy the journey of inner sacred union hello hello and welcome to house of low i'm low and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. Right. I am so excited for this conversation. This tea on is all about inner sacred union of the divine masculine and feminine and the energies that we hold within us and the way we move through the world with that inner union. I am so excited to have my amazing friend Kylie joining. And today is going to be quite a deep conversation about the spiritual path and the path that we're both on. So I'm so excited for you guys to join us today for this conversation. And thank you, Kylie, for being here. Thank you for having me. Mm. I would love for you to give everybody a little bit about you, just introduce yourself and kind of what you're focused on right now. What are you working on? All the good things. Yeah, so my name is Kylie Beswick, and I live in the East Coast in Massachusetts out of Cape Cod. I am a holistic esthetician, intuitive healer. I do a lot of spiritual workshops, classes, just events trying to get women together in particular as well. So anything metaphysical, and that's pretty much my focus right now. Oh, I personally have worked with Kylie a lot. I take up a lot of her time. <laughs> our, <laughs> her sessions are like 30 to 60 minutes. Mine go to like 120 minutes, like two hours. <laughs> it's like the two hour joke we have. I am so grateful for you. You have helped me in ways I can never express on my path. And I'm so honored and excited that the divine brought us together, Kai. So here we are. I always ask this question before we get into the tea, which is... For you, what does it mean to come home to you? I think coming home to you means committing to living authentically. So not allowing yourself to be pushed and pulled into narratives or working situations or, you know, relationships, environments that don't feel good Mm -hmm. on soul level, just for the sake of being liked or fitting in. So coming home to yourself is kind of peeling back the layers to me that you've built, you know, over the years, like your armor, so to speak, and just stripping things down back to the raw and the vulnerable. Ooh, I love stripping things down back to the raw and the vulnerable. Oh, that is the path. That is the practice. That is where you and I have found ourselves and been many times and there will be many more. <laughs> we're just more prepared, you know, this time around. But 
this conversation, and I've had a few conversations about masculine and feminine energy, but the lens that I've had those conversations really are kind of the starting point. This conversation is going to go deep, deep, as I like to say, because I don't think one ever understands inner union until you are pushed on the path, forced. I don't know if those are the right words, but I do feel like we're often pushed into this path because we already chose this path at a soul level before we incarnated and here we are, right? But the human flesh is very shocked when the moment happens, I will say. You know, I'm starting to have a lot more of these really powerful conversations, Kai, on spiritual awakenings and the journey of being on the spiritual path. And it's very disruptive. It's uncomfortable for all of us, for people listening, I'm sure, because everybody's experience with spirituality is changing and expanding, much of which, you know, there's a lot of dismantling of religion, right? And religious doctrine and things like that. And so I really am prepared to hold these conversations. And I'm just so grateful for healers and intuitives like you that are willing to go there. And you and I have certainly gone there together personally, and we've just learned so much about our own journeys. So I would love for you to share your own spiritual journey, whatever you're comfortable sharing, like how you found yourself on this path or how you were guided to it for better or worse. Sure. My story gets a little dark at parts, but I'm definitely willing to share in the hopes of, you know, helping whoever else is listening. I had a marriage in 2015 that went south really quickly, Mm. fell apart really, really fast. And my whole life kind of exploded at that moment. I had a lot of loss in my life. Both my father and my brother passed really suddenly and tragically, like a few years apart. So it was more like picking up the pieces and trying to make sense of this life And like, okay, what just happened to me? Because my whole life exploded and I couldn't figure out why. Enter the spiritual awakening, which is like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. But ultimately, you start to catch on to what is happening and that it is you know, happening to help you versus just feeling like you're on fire at all times, which is how it can feel on this journey sometimes, that dark night of the soul the ego is in question and you're just kind of on your knees, like what's going on, but. That is it. And thank you so much for sharing vulnerably there. A lot of people that are in our circle and that I've met certainly that are on this path, there is a catalyst. There's a thing or multiple things that happen because we would have just plugged along. We would have just probably stayed safe or comfortable. And there's nothing honestly wrong with that path. It's just that it's not the path we're on. And I do think every human, regardless of being on the more intense spiritual path that we're on, is being asked to question everything that they ever believed, everything that they ever thought they had to do. I keep saying the vibration of the planet is being raised and there's a lot of energetic shifts, whether you believe in energy or not, or believe in all this stuff or not, you're going to feel it. And your life may take very interesting turns away from things you were so bought into, right? And I would love for you to talk because Kylie is extremely tapped in (laughs) to say the (laughs) least. And I would just love for you to talk about spiritual awakening and what that means and maybe a little bit about yours and and even like if you find yourself continuing to have them. Because I think that for me, 
the awakenings I've had thus far have awakened me to my own inner feminine and masculine. So I would love for you to talk about how that has been for you. Yeah, spiritual awakenings, the path of spiritual awakening is really just, again, with that peeling back layers. And I think I always had gifts, you know, spiritual gifts when I was younger, but I didn't understand them so much. So as a result, they were more confusing and just made me feel more of an outsider, which I think a lot of people relate to that when they get older and start realizing, hey, this is actually a spiritual gift that I'm meant to use, you know, to help other people. But we're not taught very much about that growing up. It's sort of taboo in a way because people associate this with dark stuff or devil's work or whatever they want to call it, which really isn't the case at all. It's just learning to work with energy and listening to the universal guidance that's all around us. I definitely think my modalities with Reiki and going through that process, getting to the master level, that has helped to open the third eye. But you know, it's everywhere. It's in your dreams. It's the signs when you're awake and paying attention that are coming to you every single day. It's the stuff that's attracted to you that you're manifesting consciously or unconsciously. But the more we teach people how to fine tune themselves in their energy is where we can be most effective, I believe, with the gifts that we already have, while then consciously trying to expand into newer ones and then ultimately work all together for a greater healing collectively of the planet. Mm. I talk a lot about using our gifts and these gifts, to your point, they're innate. We're born with them for a reason. We choose them for a reason and we're here to use them for a big reason. Most people that I know that are on the path that we've experienced so far have to really finally embrace their gifts. I would love for you to talk about your gifts and how your path to finally embracing them, because now you're using them in service to other people in the world. And that vibration is rippling out. And then it starts to bring so many amazing things into your life. Talk to me about that process for you. Did you fight your gifts? Did you not recognize them? Did other people help you see them? How did you come to the place you're in now with your gifts? I definitely didn't recognize them. I think even within my own family unit, which come to find out my mother's side of the family, actually, my grandmother was very intuitive Mm. and like a low key medium. But when I was growing up, it was kind of like quiet and no one really touched on anything like that. So I felt out of place a lot. I think I asked a lot of questions that even adults weren't very comfortable with and that made them feel like exposed. So that was interesting. But Definitely getting older, I started seeking out like other healers and mentors to try and understand what was going on with me. And that's where they pointed me in the direction of, you know, you know, you're intuitive, right? So (laughs) what I figured out from working with practitioners and even diving into the human design thing a little bit yeah, is that my energy type, one of the biggest gifts I think that I have is being able to pull out the darkest like places and pieces in a person, but not to you know make them aware of it or feel guilty about it or expose them if they're not ready to be vulnerable, but to help them heal it. Yep. So it's kind of like a karmic mirror. Yes. So I can bring whatever's going on to the surface. I feel like it's kind of magnetically drawn to me and then we can work through it and transmute it together. And I really think that's my biggest gift, although it's, you know, it can seem a little dark and morbid. It's like work we need to do. 
because everybody has a darkness or some sort of sad story or some loss or pain that they're, you know, shouldering or not talking to people about. That they're running from. Absolutely. You are needed. <laughs> Let me just say that. And second, people talk a lot about the polarity between shadow and light. I want you to talk about the shadow self and the light. But if we don't meet ourselves in our darkest moments from the darkest things that have happened to us or that we've witnessed, sometimes we've witnessed things. They might not have happened directly to us, but the witnessing of those things, especially from when you were a child, shape the rest of your life or every choice Mm -hmm. you make at an unconscious level. And that's, I've learned so much about the limiting beliefs that are ingrained in us from certain experiences when we're between zero and seven and really zero and 14 years old. So the work that you do, I honor because I would not be in the place I'm in today if I didn't go to the darkest places I've gone. And you're helping people do that because most people can't do it alone. I don't even think we're supposed to do it alone, which is why healers like you discover these gifts and hopefully have the courage to bring them into the world as you have. So I would love for you to talk about, and you've certainly helped me look at my darkness and you talk a lot about integrating it. It's not like, oh, that's over there in a box. Like I'm ashamed of it. No, because the more we openly talk about it, we break free of it. It cages us, right? Right. So I would love for you to talk about the shadow self (laughs) and looking at our darkness and that process and any insight you can give people that are listening on this because people I think are seeing shadow self a lot more in the in the language and the culture and I'm sure people are like what is that you know so absolutely yeah and just to say to your point about healers it's like I also need healing too so that's a big thing is healers need healing they need other practitioners readers whatever the whole thing but it's funny I was driving here and that's maybe why I had it in my head I was hearing like healing only starts at the level of self-acceptance you have. Like there is no healing without acceptance of your behaviors, the parts you don't like about yourself, your perceived flaws. And, you know, the shadow side really is born through coping mechanisms. It's not about being inherently bad, but we all have, you know, the capacity to do bad even, but to be darker versions of ourselves than we want to be. But why do we do that? Like you were just saying, traumas, things we've been through, whether it's an unhealthy habit or maybe you're judgmental, you know, more judgmental than you want to be, but you're working on it. The key is just self-awareness. Yeah. And when we talk about the shadow, I usually like to visualize like, this sounds really silly, but think about Peter Pan and the shadow that's like attached to his foot, right? You can't undo it. It's a part of him, right? Like, isn't there something about the stitching of the shadow on his foot or something like that? Yeah. So that's how I try and express shadow work to people. It's not about removing that shadow because if you try to remove it, you're just looking at yourself and your life and you're saying you're shameful, guilt and shame. You're dirty, you're shameful. I hate you. I want to get rid of you. You're going to get nowhere with that. And when you actually try to look at it from a perspective of self-love and the way that you treat probably everyone else around you, instead of being so harshly critical of yourself, when you look at those dark pieces and you say, I love you, I'm working on you, we'll get there. That's when things start to naturally shift into the light. And certainly that shadow is always going to be there and we're always going to dip into it at times, but 
the rebound time will get faster. And eventually, maybe you'll remove every bad habit or, or negative piece of your operating system that you don't want there anymore. It's only going to happen through love and acceptance, not from trying to rip out a piece of your soul. Mike, <laughs> it's really that simple and complex at the same time. It, it really is. I mean, I've always been very self-aware <laughs> and self-aware of how I can be and how I'm impatient. And I sometimes struggle when people don't understand. I'm like, just understand, like, just hold space and understand this. Like, I'm trying to tell you this, you know? And I also can be very, (laughs) here's my vulnerability. I can love so deep. It's like intense how much I can love. But once it's over, I'm gone, like done. And I don't love that about myself because we change humans change, humans evolve, humans get to be forgiven. And I've had to learn a lot about forgiveness. And throughout my life, I've been almost too forgiving to a lot of people. And so I then, my shadow will come in and be like, forget it. Like we're not forgiving them. You know, it's really- But even the, even the being too forgiving is part of the shadow. Exactly. It is. And I think the shadow is not just about the bad parts of us. It's about the things that we do, behaviors that we have, beliefs that we think that don't serve us and our highest good or the highest good of all. And that's helped me round out the shadow. It's not just like parts we don't like about ourselves, right? So thank you so much for educating everyone on that. It's really such an amazing starting point for people to dig into this work more, you know? Oh, so here's the big piece of this conversation. We're going to talk about masculine and feminine energy, and we're going to talk about divine versus wounded masculine and feminine energy. I would love to start with you, Kai, on the masculine and what we mean by divine versus wounded. Let's define that and talk about that more. Yeah. And I always say, if it's a reading or I'm working with a client too, gender doesn't exist in spirituality. So when we say masculine and feminine energy, we're referring to an energy that serves a purpose. And every single one of us has both masculine and feminine energy. So we want those two to be working in harmony in order for us to feel balanced. So you said the wounded masculine, is that what we're touching on? Great place to start. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's something that is a big issue that we have in our consciousness that we need to heal for sure. The masculine energy, you know, when it's upright and doing what it's supposed to do is going to help you to be resourceful and be in control of your life and take the reins when you need to and be empowered. But the toxic masculine is jealous, no self-love. Typical toxic hyper productivity and competition. Yeah, work, working to the death, you know, all that kind of stuff, not resting or being resentful for having to do all this extra work. And it's very easy to get, even as a female, to get into a wounded masculine energy if the archetypes of masculinity in your life didn't serve you the right way when you were a child. So then your masculine energy starts taking on way more than you need to. And then that eventually ends up wounding the feminine. But the masculine energy, I think, is the biggest focus this year going forward. I mean, even since 2020, but it is changing and healing. I do believe that. Mm, I believe it. Masculine energy has a lot to do with initiation, taking action, leadership. And when you're doing that, 
we need those qualities. Like all of us need them and we need to help each other have more of them. But when you're leading from a very misaligned place, you can wreak havoc on people and the world. Absolutely. And when you're moving from a divine masculine place or a balanced masculine, you're leading with inspiration, with others in mind. You're taking inspired action. You're in alignment. You're guiding. You're whole on your own. So you're able to actually hold space for others and be a safe place for others. Because the masculine energy is a lot about safety and stability, Mm -hmm. being that container for then what we're going to get into next, which is the feminine energy. So let's talk about divine versus wounded feminine energy and how that manifests right now in in our culture and, and in the world. Feminine energy, divine feminine energy and its power is like that maternal, nurturing, emotional, but you know, emotion is viewed as a negative thing a lot of the time, which is why I feel like we live so much in the wounded divine feminine because the power is actually in those emotions because the divine feminine energy is meant and made to transmute for the masculine who's often less emotional, but the divine feminine is in her power. We say her again, we're just referring to energy when she is feeling confident, empowered, supported by the masculine energy. So external and internally, like your own masculine energy, but the wounded feminine does not know how to receive. And that is one of the key components of the divine feminine is receivership. She does not know how to receive or feel safe in emotions. And if a divine feminine feels that way, that's when they will become, you know, bitter or not emotional or overgiving. Overgiving is a huge wounded. Uh, yes. <laughs> I know all about huge it. Huge wounded feminine. Yeah. Yeah. And but but you know, the divine feminine in receivership is the biggest strength. And that's when the natural manifestations and flow starts to come in when that energy can balance out in that way. I always like to think of feminine energy as the creator, like the creation energy. It's like the foundation maybe is the wrong word, but it's like everything gets created from the feminine, right? The womb. Yeah. The womb. Exactly. Yeah. You're in your feminine. This is for men too. You can be very creative and tap into all the forces that bring, I mean, we channel most everything. So you can tap into forces that are beyond you that can help you create the thing you're here to do or that specific project or create a family or create a relationship or create a new health habit. It's all creation is where everything stems. And then the masculine energy is what structures it and carries it out, executes it, right? Makes it happen. I think, I always think the feminine is where the seed is. And then it's like the masculine carries it out. And yeah, finishes it. The biggest thing for anyone I know that's on the spiritual path is imagine mastering those two energies. You will be unstoppable. You will be your best self. You can receive, you can give, you can love, you can take space, you can be with yourself, be with others. I mean, it's like the planet is asking us as humans to do this. And it takes tremendous amounts of work. And I think a lot of the work we do in those harsher times or the times like you were saying earlier, when we look at the shadow, whatever, it gets easier, right? It's not like this work is like we're grinding to to work on this forever, but we also are in aging bodies and we're having experiences and changing all the time. So every new experience brings us deeper into this like connection between the masculine and feminine. And that's where I want to go next. The term inner sacred union is a term I learned last year. You know, sacred union 
has a lot to do with the coming together of two to become one, right? And a lot of people, when we think about the masculine and feminine, most humans have been socialized to look for those things externally, to look for strong, safe, masculine energy in another outside of them, to look for vulnerable, loving, feminine energy on the external of them. And what I've learned, which has been such a mindfuck to say the least, is that (laughs) in order to ever have any kind of connection with anyone outside of ourselves, outside of this physical body that we're in, we have to be energetically aligned with our own masculine and feminine energy inside of us first. (laughs) And I laugh because it's like, it feels like the path that all spiritual practice leads to is this. So I would love for you to talk about inner union of the masculine and feminine and your own path, your own journey, how you're helping people really navigate that for themselves and and strengthen that inner union. Because I think this is really important and it's not being talked about enough. It's being talked about in private with healers like you and, and in people's sessions. But imagine if this becomes mass consciousness. I mean, yeah, changes everything. Absolutely. And the divine feminine and the divine masculine merging. Duality isn't necessarily a negative thing, but it's created for certain reasons in our universe. And a lot of duality comes from the separation of that feminine and masculine. I mean, if, even if you look into like religious stories, right. And, you know, I'm non-denominational. I believe in everything, all things. I'm not particularly religious, but think about like Adam and Eve. Think about that original feminine, masculine energy creation, all that stuff. So it's like, what are we trying to go back to is merging the external feminine and masculine, but also the internal feminine and masculine. When you're balanced between the two, And I truly believe every single person, we have both, but usually are going to be templated more towards one side a little bit, like a spectrum. So it's going to be harder for you to switch back and forth. So it's learning which piece of my energy is more wounded, which Mm -hmm. one needs the most self-care, nurturing, whatever it is. Because when you're operating, it's never going to probably be 50-50. But when you're like kind of where your divine mix is supposed to be, wherever your energy is comfortable, you'll be leaning into that masculine when you need to take charge, make decisions, be the provider for whatever the situation calls for, et cetera. And then you can lean right back into that feminine when it's time to be emotional, nurturing, receivership. And a lot of that is knowing when to stop and when to go. You know, it's fight or flight. That's what we deal with as human beings and souls. So it's like when your energy, your feminine and masculine is balanced out like that, you learn, you know, you don't jump the gun when you're not supposed to. You don't sit around waiting when you're supposed to move and that will serve you on your life path. And inner union just to me is about feeling balanced, feeling sure of yourself when you make decisions, feeling sure of yourself when you say yes and no to things. Yeah. And a lot of us are walking around saying, yes, 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 to things we absolutely do not want and do not want to do. Yep. So that's got to stop here. Otherwise, the next 10, 20 years of our lives are going to be about pleasing other people yeah. versus living the journey that we're supposed to do on this incarnation. Because like you said, it's all purposeful. And that's yeah. a big part of the awakening is being like, okay, I'm not just this mm-hmm. random body walking around. I've been here many, many times. Yep. I did not reach all the goals that I wanted to, obviously, because you start waking up to that. So how do I better serve my energy so that maybe in the next incarnation, which we inevitably will probably come back for. 
it'll be a little bit easier the next time because it's all soul growth. Oh, I'm so glad you took it there. Thank you, Kai, because probably the thing that has liberated me the most in my life, because I'm a seeker, I'm all about why. Why is this happening? Why this person? Why, 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 why? Some people don't care as much about that. It's plagued me, to be honest. And it's actually now a gift of mine and it's a good thing and I can use it for good. But I'm definitely throughout my life sought a lot. I wanted a lot of answers and why, 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 right? The the thing that has liberated me the most is that every soul has a different path based on where they've been in past lives. I think reincarnation explains so much, so much. And it liberates because why does someone have, have health issues and other people have relationship issues? in their life? Why do some people struggle so hard in their career and other people are married with kids and loving life? Why, why, why? There's no other explanation, but every soul has a unique path based on where they've been, how many lives, what the lesson they chose for this lifetime. Because by the way, we choose a lot, almost everything in fact. And that is something that's very disruptive because humans want to believe stuff is done to us, right? Oh, the victim template. Oh, we love, I said (laughs) 10 times on recent episodes, we love that victim consciousness. And by the way, terrible shit has happened to a lot of us from other people. We can't control other people's choices, but a lot of the spiritual path and awakening, you realize that these things happened because you chose them because of certain lessons you wanted to learn. And when I say you, I mean your soul. The soul has no fear zero fear. The ego in the human flesh that we choose to incarnate into has the fear, right? And some people might agree with me or disagree with me, but ultimately the soul is like, let's do this. I'm ready to learn this lesson. Let's go. Let's see if the human body will listen to those gentle nudges that I'm giving because our soul is always talking to us, you know? So I'm just so grateful you went there. Anything to add to that? Yeah, what you were saying about the soul. And that's often referred to as like the higher self. And I'm sure you've touched on that before too. But that's kind of the version of you that hovers above energetically that's perfect, which you're already perfect, right? But you don't believe that with your perceptions as a human being. So the higher self is always trying to guide you. And once you start making choices more out of that higher self and less from that wounded human self, because we're always going to be a little bit wounded. It's when you start to see things changing for you and you'll get that like confirmation and that feeling of validation when you make the right choices. Like, no, that was my higher self. No, that was my ego. And a lot of us, I think that's a big thing on this journey is recognizing when we're doing something out of ego versus alignment. Oh, so true. Let's talk about love, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) which is what we're here to do. We're here to become the vibration of love and embody love and be love and then receive it, right? And create it with another. Throughout my life, I felt very, and this is a lot of intuitives and people that are on the intense spiritual path that we're on way before we realize it. Throughout my childhood, throughout my life, I always felt like just out of place. I didn't understand the deep, deep feelings of love I had and how other people couldn't meet me there. Like other people don't necessarily have that capacity to love for back to the previous conversation for reasons their soul chose to learn in this life. It's maybe not their big lesson or whatever. It feels like you and I, our big lesson is to learn to love and to learn what real love is, unconditional love. That phrase is thrown around a lot, a lot. Yeah. Most people don't 
mean it when they say it either. Oh, no. On the last conversation with my friend Korea, we talked a lot about unconditional love. Unconditional love is loving without conditions, right? And in order to ever love another in that way, we have to love ourselves. And we love ourselves with all kinds of conditions, all kinds. And that's the whole reason to be working on the healing of yourself because the goal is to love yourself without conditions, you know? And so I would love for you to talk about the vibration of love and embodying love. What has that path been like for you? What has that journey been like? And how do you create space in your life to focus on that continually? That's so true what you said about love. And I would probably consider you an empath too. That's like the empath's favorite word. That's why we feel different because not everybody has the capacity to house that type of energy. But if you feel that type of love, you know, that painful love, which we often do, it's because you're meant to help heal the broken parts of the world. Somebody has to hold that energy and transmute that pain, whether it's for your mother, sister, brother, a stranger on the street, a homeless person that pulls on your heartstrings because you just think like, wow, I'm so grateful for everything I have. Like moments like that, that's what unconditional love is when you're just grateful for everything you have and more focused on giving. Receivership is good, but every time you give, you receive back. And that's how it is with energy work and this type of work too. Every time you do a session and you sit there with a client and you cry with them, sometimes it's for you too. You know, everyone wants to say trauma bonding, trauma bonding. That's not what we're doing here. We're just sitting with the depths of what we all deal with. And love is the biggest piece of unconditional love to me is number one, it's non-judgment. So learning to drop judgment. And when we look at people and criticize them for the way they act, what they're wearing, all that stuff, it's understanding that we're all the same underneath that. We all come from the same consciousness. It doesn't matter what you look like or how old you are or that's the lie we've been taught for all of our lives is that division when realistically we're the same consciousness under there. That's what we need to get back to. That's unconditional love. That's unity consciousness. And also understanding that love is so not one dimensional. It can be love to leave people behind, you know, to lovingly walk away. It can be very loving to say no. It can be romantic love. That's great. But that is like the tiniest piece of love there is. There's so much more love. There's love for strangers. There's love for your work. There's all types of love to be able to tap into every day. And once you truly start to understand that and feel it versus chasing attachment, because that's a big thing to things. So when you start looking for love over attachment, your soul will feel freer and freer. And you'll just feel, I truly believe, more blissful because you'll reach that vibration where it's kind of weird to say, but like, you have like that high frequency vibration you get when you get the chills. And it's like, I call it like a soul orgasm when you're just like, yes, <laughs> this is what it is to just be in the flow in the love center and vibrating through the heart chakra. Cause that's where we all connect to. Oh, wow. Love over attachment. Oof, that is it. You know, and, and I think that our generation and below is redefining love and relationships, especially if we look at it through the context of romantic relationships, friendships, collaborations, family relationships. It's a heavy burden because we're trailblazing a new way. The old paradigm of codependent relationships and make me feel good and validate me and (laughs) it's all about me is over. 
It's over. Mm -hmm. And I think our generation is very uncomfortable because we're being asked to trailblaze a new way when it comes to relating and loving another. And to your point, I think the root of all of it is non-judgment. I just love that you said that because we're judging unconsciously and consciously all day. We really are. And everything we judge is a reflection of us. I know people hate this word, but like something is triggered in us. And that's I love that word. (laughs) Right, right. This is why we need you, right? But it's true. Like I've witnessed it for myself when I've judged people, you know, in the past. And I, the path for me is to always try to come, like, I love returning to love. I think that is the experience because we're meant to have these experiences. We're meant to have the polarity to navigate it and to ultimately, like you said, transcend and transmute it. And I just love that really loving over attachment. It's like a practice, you know, and when you have someone else to practice that with, it really is where you meet your, you really meet your true self in those moments, you know? So, and I would just love to end with, talk to me about what you've learned about love throughout your own path and your own experiences and where you find yourself now when it comes to love. I think all love, the way that you vibrate it out towards everything around you comes from the level of self-love that you have for sure. And I think the learning experience with love for me has just been, I used to be rooted in attachment when it came to everything. And there's been circumstances and relationships or non-relationships or people in my life that have taught me that to simply exist amongst that energy is, you know, love in itself. You don't necessarily need to always follow that into some sort of physical manifestation. But this is the 3D world that we live in. And that's how we focus love. If someone's not showing it to you in the way that you deem you deserve, it's not love anymore. So love for me has just been learning to let things come as they come and let them go as they go. And just knowing that around every corner is something else to look forward to that's beautiful, whether that's a new friendship or connection or a new space or a new experience. There's love in all those things. We don't have to be fixated on one particular form of it. And I just wanted to mention too, because you said about the word triggered that everybody has an issue with. (laughs) Sometimes, and we're talking about the generations and I do think it's our generation's kind of like our collective contract to change a lot of these paradigms. But the reason that there are generations ahead of us and and people view them and say that they're very bitter and they blame us for everything, blah, blah, blah. That's tale as old as time. But that's because a lot of those older generations were not taught anything having to do with self-love, self-care. They weren't put first. They weren't able to make it about themselves in their lifetime. So now they're staring at this whole other generation of people that are just like, what do you mean you're putting yourself first and nurturing yourself and doing mirror work and having safe Uh spaces? You know what I mean? But as much as there might be a little bit of friction there, we're still healing them. They're still healing us because it's all a part of that, you know, that cycle of backwards and forwards. And then the generations after us, we hope will just be born leaders and so secure with themselves too, because I think people lack love as well when they are insecure or when they don't feel good about themselves. And that's the narrative we've been operating off for a very long time on this planet. And the message that we've been getting is you're not good enough. That's right. From what's around us. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. And it feels like there's this beautiful blooming that's happening within our generation and, and the generations below us that are like, 
there's a lot of unique paths that people can walk. There isn't one path anymore. There isn't, know what you want to do for the rest of your life at 18, go to college, find your partner, just done, 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 married, children. And then Mm -hmm. you basically stop living your life at what, 40? Just ends at 40. (laughs) You just cruise from 40 to 80. That paradigm is over. And I think a lot of our generation is still stuck in some of that timeline stuff that we were just so socialized to learn, right? And so a lot of people I know are making intense inner peace with their own unique path. And I just love that there's so many beautiful paths that are being shown and put on display now where it's giving others permission that are on a similar path to that to be like, oh, cool, I'm not alone. Because humans don't Mm -hmm. want to feel alone. When we feel alone is when it gets real dark. And so I think that like there's a lot of shadow to social media, but I will say that the reason I always loved it and I started working in it when it first literally came out is because I thought, wow, every niche community, every type of human, every walk of life, every background now gets a safe space, hopefully, now gets a platform to speak and use their voice. And what a gift that really is from the divine. Absolutely. Thank you for this conversation, Kai. It is truly an honor to know you and have you bestow your incredible wisdom onto everyone listening. I just want to say that I love you so much. I honor you deeply and thank you for the space that you have held for me. You're one of the few people like I can count on one hand that I trust with my entire journey and all my inner secrets and work and all the things I continue to try to transcend. So Thank you. Thank you for holding space for me like no other. And thank you for the work that you do. You are changing lives and helping people shift their lives. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. Thank you. And you're doing the same with this too. So we appreciate you. Mm, Thank you. I always like to ground people in rituals. And I think given that we talked a lot about inner union and our own masculine and feminine energy, I would love for you to give three rituals that assist you on your own path with, you know, mastering your own energy. When it comes to, I guess there's the masculine and the feminine can both be a little bit different, those aspects of the self. But I would say with the masculine energy, like a ritual is to challenge yourself in the areas where you want to be seen, whether that's speaking up about something or something like you're doing podcast doesn't have to be grand scale, but using your voice and that throat chakra at least one time when it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like I'm a a firm believer in doing something that makes you uncomfortable, like at least once a day, that will help with the masculine energy. The feminine energy rituals, I'm all about the typical stuff. I'm an esthetician. So I love the skincare thing, the self-care, just like putting you first in every way, your body exfoliating, giving yourself a nice little face mask, buying yourself flowers is a huge thing for me. It sounds kind of stereotypical, but it's just, and, you know, doing things for yourself versus just waiting for everybody else to do them for you and not feeling guilty about it as well. And the third thing is kind of simple, but I would just say on both of those sides, resting when you need to, you know, don't get stuck there in your depression cave, as we all do from time to time, but certainly know when you're being asked to slow down because let it all come to you. The universe wants to give you everything in due time. But if you're trying to race the clock, you're just going to burn out and you're not going to be of service to yourself or anybody else around you. Mm, So good. 
Yes. I'm going to do all of those things. I haven't bought myself flowers in a long time. Time to do that. Really? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. I used to do it at the farmer's market, but I'm going to do that this weekend for sure. Oh, let people know where they can connect with you. Anything you got going on, what you're working on, anything you want to plug. I want it all linked right now. <laughs> yeah. My website is www.verbinabykylie.com. Facebook, Verbina Studio, Instagram at Verbina by Kylie. And I post content. I'll do little live readings sometimes. I have a couple Reiki classes coming up, workshops, meditations, but a lot of my work can be done virtually too healing sessions, things like that. So I'm always down to work with anyone and everyone that's trying to find the healing path. Mm. Spell verbena and tell us what that word means. Yeah. So it's V-E-R-B-E-N-A. And it's a flower that's Mm -hmm. used in a lot of skincare products. So that's kind of why I chose it. But the real reason is uh, the movie Practical Magic. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you saw that, the 90s movie. But that was the name of the apothecary they had where they put all their little, oh. you know, witchy items and things. So I that love was the inspiration. It. I love it. Yeah. I love that word. It's really special. Well, thank you so much for being here. It means the world. Thank you for the time. And I'm so excited for us to keep working together. So thank you. Of course, me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, low.